lovers, legai, diumelang, apsheni, ahuchendad, and welcome to another episode of Simply She Voiced with Advocate Dibello. I should say another exciting episode with Advocate Dibello. Before I begin, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being part of the family. Thank you for sharing, liking, and commenting on my podcast. And if you are new to this space, welcome to the tribe. Simply She Voiced is all about realness. It's all about sharing real stories, real emotions, real legal advice, and some real Jesus. We love the Lord Jesus in this space. Oh, and if you haven't listened to the past episodes, please go and listen and share with those around you. There was some realness in the stories that were shared by my guests and in the last episode I had my dear friend Felicity Muremi who shared her real story and her real truth of not being defined by her own mistakes. Felicity taught us the very same principle of abiding and not being defined by our mistakes. Felicity shared her heartbreaking story of years of abuse and also how she overcame all of that by the power of Jesus. I enjoyed her so, so much and she's one of my favorite girls if I have to say and beloved, if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back, listen, give it a try, listen again, press pause, meditate on it and just simply enjoy. However, today I am all by myself. Yep, self-talk is real in here. Self-informing is real in here. Self-love is real in here, sis. But you know what? I rejoice in the fact that when you tune in and me and you become a we, I love having you here. So basically, I'm not by myself, technically, right? (laughs) It's just that today I have not brought any guests, but I am all about myself. So today I am changing the gears, I am elevating, and I am bringing some real legal advice. So, so, so to some of you who do not know, I am a lawyer by profession, but I think my podcast says it all. I mean, simply she voiced with Advocate Develo. Yep. <laughs> so I am an admitted advocate in the high courts of Lesotho. And I am currently a full-time PhD student in the Department of Private Law at the University of Pretoria. And one of the things I love doing as a lawyer is research. Research is a sphere that always interrogates problems and suggests solutions. So I love being part of the solution, y'all. Okay. Don't get me wrong, I love the drama in the courtrooms, but I enjoy myself the most when my solutions are being applied in court decisions or in judgment. And the only way this is possible is through research. So I thrive here. One week ago or two weeks, I don't remember quite well, I posted a question on my social media platforms about the issue of lobola. I think it's in Zulu or in Koza when people say ilobola, right? Yeah, I love it so much when they say that. So, but in Susutu, we call it lobola. And I totally asked my people and I said, should an outstanding lobola amount constitute an unfinished business or an invalid customary marriage? And I asked this particular topic, if it's something that you guys want to hear on a podcast and I got a definite yes. So today I'll be tackling that issue, bringing my expertise or some of the things that I have learned in my legal profession. 
so i am aware that some of you are not very familiar with the legal jargon or language so i will stop to define some of the terms that may seem to be bizarre or sometimes you may even ask yourself what is that but i will simplify as much as i can so that you can hear my standpoint you can hear what the law says and most importantly maybe we can also check out what the word of god says right so the question today is should an outstanding lobola amount constitute an unfinished business shenanigans of a valid customary marriage and its impact on the rights of women so basically what i want us to firstly understand is that people get married differently there is a customary marriage there is also what we call the civil marriage or rather what some people view it as a christian marriage but in most african communities we have people who marry customarily and because of this this does not shun away their marriages or it does not even make them inferior to those that are civil but there are very much shenanigans entailed in all of this so in its essence african customary law is controversial because of colonialism laws and apartheid laws african customary law is said to be distorted and what this means is that african customary law has been forcefully displaced in its original form known as indigenous laws and treated as secondary class laws subordinate to common law or statutory law or laws that some of you may call the westernized principle or the english laws so because of its distorted form in its essence customary law it's said to be instilling in itself patriarchy and has affected the legal status of black women in society in areas such as marriage inheritance traditional authority or anything where women need to occupy spaces women are often discriminated but today we are not all about the spheres we are only about the sphere of lobola what others calls dory or bride prize so i want you to think for a minute maybe about your mom maybe about your aunt or maybe because of where you're coming from think about that relative that traditionally got married can you remember what happened when they first got married can you remember the lobola negotiations can you remember the uncles and everybody coming together and the fun that was had or do you remember only the negative impacts when your aunt started to suffer when the uncle passed away and relatives started to flood her yard and then they wanted to make demands and say that she was not legally married or do you remember maybe somebody that is even in the courtrooms in this current state and still running um case laws and defending that dignity through their marriage or dig or actually establishing that they were married legally or customarily to their spouse can you remember instances of that of those cases because those cases are so real so in modern days or rather in the developing days that we live there are many opinions that have been shared towards the issue of lobola some have claimed that lobola is just a way of selling women and giving men power over women some have articulated that lobola is just a scam families 
use to get rich. Some have even went to the extent of wanting to define it for themselves. And what I mean by that is that a couple would come together and agree that you do not actually pay, have to take out the full amount of 50,000. You can take out a quarter or half if you can. And the rest of the lobola, you can finish it off while we are, when we are financially well. Some have viewed lobola um, as an issue that has instigated the gender-based violence or intimate partner violence in marriage because there is a certain level of power that men feel when they have um, paid lobola towards their lives which affirms the claim that it might look like women are possessions. Firstly, beloved, I want to affirm any woman that is listening to this podcast, you are not a possession. You were made intentionally by God. And what I want to divert your mind to is in Genesis 2 when the Lord made a woman. I think we forget so many times how we came about, how God created or brought us into this universe. Genesis 2 verse 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper, just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall in a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last the man exclaimed, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Women, have you heard that during Valentine? Okay, cool. Focus. <laughs> she will be called woman because she was taken from a man. This, is, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. So what the scripture basically does is that it dismisses claims that society or rather secular popular belief has held for so long. That women are possessions, that women are minorities, that women do not have a say. The Lord, when he made us, he didn't make us, he didn't extract us from the feet of a man, but he he extracted us from the rib of a man, which means equality. So from the beginning, God did not create a woman to be inferior than a man or a man to be superior than a woman, but he created them to be both equal. But what this denotes or what equality means, because I know that there is um, false or rather what I call um, toxic feminism. Feminism that says that I can do or I'm created to do what a man can do. And what I mean by that is the qualities. I'm not created with masculine um, um, qualities or the way that God has built my structure. I'm built with breasts. I'm built with, you know, certain abilities that define me as a woman and that was beautiful but not at an extent where i am inferior than a man or a man is um superior than myself god has created these differences in us not to hate on one another or not to oppress on one another but to call us to unite another claim that this portion of scripture dismisses is the requirements of marriage we do not see anywhere where adam had to pay a certain amount in order for eve to be his wife or what he 
had to initiate on his side to impress God in order for Eve to come. God explains marriage as when a man leaves or and cleaves onto his wife, when he leaves his father and mother and cleaves onto his wife, then the two shall become one. So you're probably thinking, where does the issue of Lobola comes in through scripture if you are a Christian? So through scripture, when you read, there are certain things that erupted. And because God commanded Eve and Adam to multiply, there were communities that were formed. And as a result of a community, there were customs and cultural practices that existed that extinguished this particular groups of people. And even with the Israelites, those that were called God's chosen people, there are certain things or customs that were followed within themselves that God expected them to follow as a result of a, of a people group that were set apart from different things. So custom or cultural practices were never meant to be worshipped, but rather customs and cultural practices are things that distinguishes us and are things that are meant to be used as tools to worship God. Our culture is beautiful. Cultural practices that do not oppress or cultural practices that, that do not have at the core of itself evil practices are beautiful. This has continued for centuries of years and gives me the ability and you, beloved, to call yourself a proud Musutu, a proud Koza, a proud Venda, a proud Zulu, a proud Afrikaans, whatever or whatever uh, people group that you belong to. God did not make a mistake. There was a, a purpose and there is a reason that we belong there. There is a purpose and there is a reason we celebrate the way we celebrate. There is a purpose and a reason we dance the way that we dance. There is a purpose and there is a reason the way that we cook, the way we marry. All of these things are beautiful. Things that God has allowed us to enjoy and the things that God has allowed us to be in the midst of. However, culture is developed by man and if it is developed by man it will be faulty man in his in his essence is faulty because of sin and everything that um the fall has caused so even culture is bound to be faulty the things that sometimes are what we consider as evil or oppressive it's because some men or some human being in his twisted mind tries to make it a norm in a cultural setting or in an ethnic group to make people be oppressed or feel oppressed. So culture as a result, it changes in time in order to serve the needs of the people of their time. The same goes for Lobola. In most Asian African cultures, Lobola was not meant to be viewed in the context of sale or oppression of women. Lobola was meant to unite two families in the context of marriage. And what this means is that it sh should there any controversies arise between the couple marriage was viewed as very sacred between these families hence the families were allowed to intervene to solve the problem on behalf of the couple so you see beloved in its original form Lobola had no negative implications on marriage but it instead it was used as a means to grow families in a positive way families would sit down and solve problems in a positive manner, not in a way that causes divisions. 
But when Africa was infused in the leadership of white supremacy, or rather what we call colonialism or apartheid in South Africa, a lot of things changed, including Lobola itself. The ways that African people lived were now forced to be put on paper, or what we call the laws that we see right now. We call them official customary laws, the ones that are written and the ones that the court derive when they solve issues or cases of customary law. Now, Lobola was forced to follow a certain pattern of rules in order for it to be concluded amongst families. Whereas in the past, people would just come together, even if it's over one cow, just to show the uniting of families. Right now, the requirements of Lobola has, has, has rose above the standards of black people. And what this, what this means as well for black people is that in their economic status, a normal black person that is raised in this world is not equated to a normal white person therefore what mean what this means is that when a normal black guys gets married they have to work twice as hard so that they can pay lobola and as time develops people find it difficult to meet the financial requirements of lobola their needs as well from the families of the girls' sides are also increasing because of this unexpected um, requirements or um, just insane things that the, the families would require from the guy's side. And the reality is that needs are increasing. Housing is increasing. Schools, people are taking themselves to schools. They have to pay loans for schools, cars, things that have to be paid as an individual or as a single before you get married. So as a result, it becomes very difficult for a guy, a normal or typical black guy to meet the requirements of a Lobola negotiation. As a result, that is why you'll find some people or some couples even agreeing that a man can pay a quarter of what the family is, requ is requesting or a half and finish the other half when he has attained a good financial status. The problem, however, that rises, it is the one that our topic for today is addressing. That should an unfinished lobola amount to an, unf uh, an unfinished business or an invalid customary marriage, which I think to me, it is really fair. So what the problem causes is that when the man dies and now there is this law that is written that lobola was not complete when the man dies the woman is faced with discrimination that she should not even inherit the estate of her husband in 1997 there was a case in south africa that was really prominent that its legacy is still lingering in the cases that are still being decided even today these cases are, are are found to be discriminatory to women and are found to be infringing the very existence of the constitutional rights of women are found to be infringing even the bill of rights or even the rights that are are, are, are are very contained in the international uh, instruments like so the case was of Mtembu versus Letila you guys can go and look it up on the internet so what happened in this case is that Mtembu and Mr. Letila were married customarily and what happened is that in 1993 Mr. Letila was killed and what he left and his estate 
So instead of the husband, I mean the wife having to take over the estate, the father of the husband came over and said that the estate of his son belongs to him. And he claimed or he actually argued in the courts that there was um the the customary requirements of a valid um of a valid marriage were not met the the lobola was not complete and the lady was not handed over to the husband's family as a result this forms an a null and void marriage the court therefore found that the child that was born as a result of this marriage was illegitimate and then they made the 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 the, the father to inherit um, the estate of the husband so what that did is that it left and excluded the wife from inheriting what the husband what what the husband left for them so what this has as well there is a rule in customary law that is called a rule of male primogeniture what most of you may actually find as injaliva or if you are a masuti like me you call it mojalifa so where it actually allows or it excludes the female um, to inherit the estate of their fathers or their uncles or anyone that left the estate. So this very much case decided on this that the father as the, as the male pro, uh, applying the rule of male primogeniture is entitled to inherit the estate of the son. So what this does is in many cases, beloved, it's not only the case that was decided in 1997 and may we say that this was after the interim constitution of South Africa had been passed where it actually allowed or it actually recognized the African customary law as being equal to the common law or rather what I said, the English law. So this, it's still cases that are still happening amongst us. It's not only in the um, rural areas. It's not only with our mothers who got married, who got married customarily. And because when you actually investigate some of these cases, you might actually find that your mom was not, there was not the 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 incomo or like the lobola um, negotiations. Your dad didn't pay full amount. But what happens when your mom gets discriminated on the basis of that she was not legally the wife of your dad? This raises questions and it raises um, so much of us to still keep on fighting for the rights of women, to promote equality and to promote the voices of black women to be heard in a good way. And even as I end off, I would love to say, even amongst my peers, myself as well, there are so many things that the Lord has highlighted about my identity about loving where I am from. As a Musutu girl, born and bred in Lesotho, residing in South Africa, loving the African customary law, loving the African custom and everything that is healthy about my culture. There are certain things of my identity, there are certain things of my culture that I go back to and say, I can relate because God created me this way. And even amongst my peers, there is this voice that is rising of where black African people are rising to 
say, you know what? We can't adopt everything that was westernized. It's time to change and shift things. And I believe that there is a shift that is happening. Even in the atmosphere, in the law sphere, and for people that are rising up to fighting for the for the African customary law. And I'm saying that there are people that are saying, I want my marriage to be held customarily. I want my marriage, I want my uncles to be there to negotiate. And either even if I marry interracially, I still want my marriage to be held in a customary way because there is a beautiful way that customs gets to define where we are from it gets to speak to the core of who we are and that is why it is so beautiful but then at the same time we need to also make make it a, a point that african customary law it is possible for it to be developed in a way that it promotes the rights of women in africa and this is what i stand for this is what i believe in and i believe that it is unfair if we cause people to see them as unmarried because a certain nobola portion was not um completed i believe and i stand for women who who actually concluded between their partners that we want to get married in this way even if we defined it as an african customary marriage and i want us to pray and even hope that our laws will cover and there will be a point where our laws get to to protect the rights of women promoting african customary law yes but still uh, protecting the rights of women in Africa, South Africa, Lesotho, Uganda, Swaziland, Botswana, everywhere in Africa. I'm standing with you, Black Queen. I'm standing for your rights. I am standing for the law that is protecting the very core of what makes you a woman. You are not inferior. You are not unseen. You are heard. Custom and culture are beautiful, but its beauty operates well when applied when applied in a right manner that promotes women's status in society or women's status as God created them to be. To all my black sisters out there, sis, as I've already said, I am with you. I will fight for you. I will be your voice. I will be your ear. I will be your eyes. I will be your feet. I will be your hands because together we can create a world that our children will be so proud to live in that begins with transforming one law at a time. I am so excited, guys, that I only shared that portion of my podcast today. I hope it was informative. And if you have any comments, please hit me up on my social media platforms. I am so eager to hear from you and to hear what your voice has to say about this issue. Should Lobola, and I believe it's still a question that I want to pose out there, should Lobola amount to an invalid customary marriage, especially with people? people that want to get married customarily and if you want to inform yourself there are so many articles online that you can learn more about african customary law you can learn more about the rights of black women in our society 
there's an article that has actually influenced me right now where i am at by martha kinelo khatebe it's called developing african law through the promotion of black women's voices in legal education and legal adjudication i want you to check it out read it you know meditate on it do whatever that you want to do and what's your view what is what is what is something that you want or you want to see in the law change for the better for you as well to not feel like you are an outsider because i believe that the law is saying to the people voice out what do you feel like this is justice what do you feel like this is right by the courts of law when the courts of law apply it so your voice matters sis your voice is my voice our voice is her voice i am she and she is me Lastly, I want to share a few words, a few words from Usini Eugene Perkins from his poem. It's called Hey Black Child. And I want to validate you, sis, in your blackness. I want to validate you as an African black woman. The one that God sees, the one that God has called to shine, occupy spaces, be in rooms, be in boardrooms, be wherever, be a mother, be a sister. I want to speak to you, black child. And this word says, hey, black child, do you know who you are, who you really are? Do you know you can be what you want to be? If you try to be what you can be, hey, black child, do you know where you are going, where you're really going? Do you know you can learn what you want to learn if you try to learn what you can learn? Hey, black child, do you know you are strong? I mean, really strong. Do you know you can do what you want to do if you try to do what you can do? Hey, black child, be what you can be. Learn what you must learn. Do what you can do. And tomorrow, your nation will be what you want to be. Thank you so much. What beautiful words from Sir Pergens. Thank you, beloved, for joining me and my space today. Until the next time. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you will share it. I hope it gets to inform you in a way that um, will impact the society near you. This is for your mom. This is for your grandmama. This is for your sister. This is for somebody back at home in the rural areas for you to share their knowledge that they are loved, they are seen, and they are protected. But until the next time, bye for now.